welcome to the next edition of the poem, the Parsha, the podcast. Today we have again a double Parsha, Behar Behukotai. And I'm Rivi. And I'm Adrian. And we are thrilled to be talking about Parsha and poetry. We absolutely are. Um, Rivi, why don't you introduce the Parsha and I will... Have, I will say a little bit about the poem because I think this week's poem is particularly special as we think about where we are in the world today and how that place relates to where we are in the in the Torah. And isn't that what it means to be a Parsha person? That's a Parsha always connects to what we're going the through. Parsha always connects to what we're going through, and then I feel like we add this extra special layer to it when we include the poem. So we've got sort of layers of meaning, and we've got layers of place. And I really think this poem and this Parsha speaks to the idea of place. Ah, as do I. And to me, what really stands out in this Parsha, Behar uh, Behukotai, is land and place. Mm -hmm. And and we're told right away that as soon as Parshat Bahar begins, that when you come into the land, Shabbat mm -hmm. that the land must rest, a rest to God. And right there comes the central animating idea around the Jewish approach to this earth, which is, it's not ours. Mm -hmm. It belongs to the Lord. By the grace of God go I. Each one of us writes into a book as soon as we get it. La Hashem Ha'aretz Um La'ah. This, how can I say this book belongs to me? Everything belongs to God. It's, and the earth itself belongs to God. And the, we're going to explore in Bahar the tension of ownership. What does it mean that it says, I own this land? What, how do I own a person? Um, and what happens when the land and the person go back and return, whether it's Shemitah or Yovel, and poor are coming into my land and taking my produce? But wait, it's, is it yours or is it the Lord's? I think... So I think that that we've got that, right? We've got the question of ownership, and then I think we've got the question of ownership of the actual halacha that are in this parsha. Um, I read this really interesting um, essay, Dvar Torah, this morning about how this parsha makes us sort of sit with the ideas that we are not comfortable with. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got the idea of Shemitah, we've got, and the, the, the underlying sort of slavery pinnings that oh. come with that, that's not a good feeling. It's, it's not good to sit with that. But this uh, particular scholar said, it is our job to sit with those uncomfortable feelings. It is our job, you know, this is our, we, we inherited this, and it is our job to sit with those feelings. And this Parsha might not make us feel good, but we have to be fully present in that not feeling good if we are going to learn anything from this Parsha. And interestingly, Dr. Tamar Ross, who I've heard speak on a number of occasions and, of course, uh, seen her magnificent work, talks a lot about the evolution of halakha and specifically about women. And the mm -hmm. example she cites is slavery. And that we, we could not have known then what we know now. Mm -hmm. that, that civilization was not there. There was a simple idea of, of slavery and, and that word just hurts even mm -hmm. to say it. You know, that we have a more redemptive approach to the Hebrew slave is a bit of a, you know, a, a, a comfort, yet we still enslave. And mm -hmm. so 
how do we grapple with that? How do we even say the words without addressing it somehow? But Tamar Ross's um, approach is just as we had to evolve as humans to recognize that slavery is deeply immoral. Mm-hmm. Um, so too, halakha evolves in regard to different issues around women mm-hmm. um, and continues to evolve and continues to become um, you know, right, so to speak, with the time though our Torah is, of course, eternal. Yes. Um, one last word, the Parshat B'chukotai, if we're feeling not so comfy in Bahar, oh, friends, B'chukotai definitely <laughs> is not a huge comfort. It is, of course, the uh, Torah portion of um, one of the two central Torah portions that have rebuke in them. Yes. The rebuke is harsh, and a reminder to everyone, the predicted exile takes place as a result of the not following the laws of mm-hmm. the Jubilee year. All right, it's time for a poem. The poem? So this week, speaking of rebuke, speaking of discomfort, speaking of really complicated feelings, I think Langston Hughes is going to bring us a particular type of rebuke. Langston Hughes is a very famous poet. He was a playwright. He was a novelist. He was a poet. He was... He was so many things. Um, he is, he was a black American. He and wrote almost exclusively on the early 20th century black experience. Um, Langston Hughes lives close to my heart because while he was born in Missouri um, and, and grew up in Lincoln, Illinois, he eventually settled in Cleveland. And I feel like anybody who settles into those sort of what we now think of as Rust Belt cities, I feel like we sort of share a culture that is bigger than any individual. And so Langston Hughes really speaks to me about the sort of, the work, the labor that came out of where we come from. Um, for those of you who have missed it, Rivi and I are both from Pittsburgh. I mean, how could anyone have missed that? I, I You know, sometimes people are just waking up and... Yeah, I know. And, and I love Langston Hughes, and um, I believe, I'm t- checking it now, if we did have a Langston Hughes poem with our... Pesach poems, and nope, we no. did not. No. That was an oversight that we are correcting right now. And uh, in my childhood uh, home, a poster of his poem was hanging on the wall. Oh so, my goodness. Go. So this is Let America Be America Again. Friends, this is a long poem. I am not going to read the entire thing. Um, I will read excerpts of it that I feel are important, but please go online and check out the entire poem. It is profound. Let America Be America Again by Langston Hughes. Let America be America again. Let it be the dream it used to be. Let it be the pioneer on the plain seeking a home where he himself is free. America was never America. America never was America to me. Let America be the dream the dreamers dreamed. Let it be the great strong land of love where never kings connive nor tyrants scheme that any man be crushed by one above. It was never America to me. Oh, let my land be a land where liberty is crowned with no false patriotic wreath, but opportunity is real and life is free. Equality is in the air we breathe. There's never been equality for me, nor freedom in this homeland of the free. Say, who are you that mumbles in the dark? And who are you that draws your veil across the stars? Who said the free? Not me? Surely not me. The millions on relief today? The millions shot down where we strike? The millions who have nothing for our pay? 
for all the dreams we've dreamed and all the songs we've sung and all the hopes we've held and all the flags we've hung, the million who have nothing for our pay except the dream that's almost dead today. Oh yes, I say it plain, America never was America to me, and yet I swear this oath, America will be. Out of the rack and ruin of our gangster death, the rape and rot of graft and stealth and lies, we the people must redeem the land, the mines, the plants, the rivers, the mountains, and the endless plain, all, all the stretch of these great green states, and make America again. I am transfixed by this poem. Mm -hmm. It is, um, it is beautiful, and there's a, a stunning rhyme scheme. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're listening as Adrian reads it, you can't quite see that there are parentheses yes. around a repeating line: "America never was America to me," and some others. And you'll see that when you look it up. And then yes. the parentheses kind of disappear, which is interesting. And there's italics, and that's interesting. And so I'm going to ask the question, what story is this poem telling? I think we've got, I think the poem is in two parts. I think that the first few stanzas where we've got the interruption of the parenthetical, it, was, it never was America to me, that's the story of the country from the exterior, right? We've got the land of the free, the home of the brave, the green rolling plains, but I'm not inside, I'm outside. I am kept out. And then we've got this turn um, that it, I didn't read this part aloud, but it said, and torn from black Africa's strand, I came to build a homeland of the free. The free? Oh, Who that said the free, I, not I, me? Yeah, I just have to say, when I read that and when I hear you read that, it is like stabbing in yep. my heart. Yeah. The such thick irony there and yes. pain. Yes. The million, you know, surely not me. The millions on relief today, and so then, then this outsider brings others inside with him, right? We've got the poor, we've got the exploited, we've got the, the, and yet, you know, among the, the sort of poor and the exploited and the, the outside, we've also got this this hope. The millions who have nothing for our pay, except the dream that's almost dead today. We've got this, you know, this this sort of draw to make it to the inside to oh never mind and so um you have all these multiplicity of layers here yes. between the poem and the parsha and the land yes um and the only thing i was going to add to that is that there's also you know this this poem that acts as a rallying cry i think is a is sort of reminiscent of the idea of of the torah speaking to us of that moment of here is the text speaking to us and giving us a directive, right? Here is Hugh's speaker speaking to the them, the people, right? The capital P people of go out and make the land your own. Go out and claim the America that you need the country to be. Uh, and maybe this is a great line right here for us to pull it all together. Yes. We must take back our land again, yes. America. And we, we must, we must take back our ideal of this land, our ideal of this country. We must take it back by hopefully moving our country forward through some of this deep social unrest that we are all experiencing. Amen. And some, I must say, more painfully than others. Yes, you deeply know. painful. But you I know. think also that 
in pain comes hope. And without hope and without Torah, then we, we cannot press on. You know what? Make America again. Notice I didn't say make America great again. Okay. No. All right. Signing off. Thank you so much. Thank you. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom.